Sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, and now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Cause I'm about to put on a show. So, Tim, you know how I'm a grouchy old person. Yeah. Um, I hate young people. Sure. And I hate what they're all about. Mm-hmm. And I particularly hate their words. Okay. And I'm really mad at the word, like, yeet. Oh. But I'm coming around to the word yeeted. <laughs> like, <laughs> it means to, like, throw something quickly at someone. Like, someone yeeted a desk at my head, and it tickles me so... I see. And um, nothing ruins words than old people trying to understand and use the words. So um, That's true. So, dear listener, I wish to be that person. Because <laughs> yeeted is a great word. Um, and the quickest way to do it is to try and understand it and define it. So I've <laughs> cracked open Urban Dictionary <laughs> to understand the word yeet. And someone has written the whole grammatical breakout of this word fantastic um when in its verb form it has different tenses with different spellings like any other sure. verb so in the present it's um i eat <laughs> in the past or imperfect it was like i was eating mm-hmm. but that's actually grammatically incorrect the correct one is um i yote um and if it's plural and perfect it's i have yort (laughs) um in the future you can say i will yeet or future perfectly is i will have yort wait could you say in the past (laughs) could you say (laughs) i'm serious I know. You're I a grammar Nazi. You should Wait, be loving this. Okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> I propose the following sentence. <laughs> you did at me. <laughs> okay. Wait. Okay. Do I have this order right? Okay. I ought you to have bought that yacht. <laughs> Spell it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> I ought yacht. No, say it again. Oh, wait. I ought to have yacht bought that yacht. You're just replacing naught with yacht. But there's got to be a way to use that twice in a sentence. You can say, I yote my savings away on this yacht. That's not as fun. In the future. In the future, I ought a yacht bought that yacht. I yacht that boat. <laughs> I yacht brought the boat, yacht naught. No, it's gotta be it's gotta be yacht because if you look at it, it would look like it also says yacht. Hmm. Um. Fun to spell, hard to say. <laughs> and it's also a noun. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going into that one. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. I ought to have ought no. I ought to have yacht bought that yacht and called it yacht. <laughs> you yote that idea at me excellently. Yeah. That was a well-yort sentence. Well-yeeted. 
Well, you, that's imperfect, but acceptable, <laughs> according to the Urban Dictionary. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, I'm so glad we went over this. Yeah. And <laughs> as two people in their 30s, that word is now over. Yeah. <laughs> we have ruined it. Elder millennials, you are welcome that we have now destroyed this for the younger people. But I will use it for the rest of this episode. Oh, God. So <laughs> let me yeet some ideas. <laughs> Where are we? Are we recording? Yes. Hey, Em, how you doing? Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. Um, mm. How much you up to? Uh... <laughs> this one went off the rails very quickly. Uh... <laughs> how are you? Yort much? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm okay. Actually, we've uh, we've had a couple of weeks between eps because uh, I first had a flu and now you have a flu. Yeah, so... For those used to my perfect deep voice, I can only give you nasal today and only today until I get back to normal. Yeah, so uh, please excuse either about sniffles throughout this episode. We decided to persevere. I ought to have had some quadrol before. I will yeet some quadrols to my mouth later. Yeet some sneet in a minute if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, so how? <laughs> besides that, how are you? Um... <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. So we have a... What are we doing today? So we have a couple of reviews. We will review the eighth and final season of Orange is the New Black. Oh my god! And I watched a movie. You watched it too. We will both talk about it. It's, um... What was it called? Long Shot. With, um, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Oh yeah, I forgot we watched that movie. Ah. Well, I'll review it. <laughs> and I have a quiz for you at the end of that one. Oh, a quiz. Hmm. That sounds nice. And um, other than that, some odds and ends. Uh, what you been up to? What what's news? What have you been playing? What's news? Okay. Um, let me propose some questions at you. Do you like? I'm ready to for you to yote those questions at me. Oh God, I've forgotten all the rules already. I'm just throwing in words. <laughs> Do you ever sit and find yourself wondering what it would be like to romantically persevere a pigeon? You've. Do you ever wonder what it could be like if you're like, you know what? I think our school doctor very well could be involved in some anti-human propaganda. Have, have you been playing some more How to Fool Boyfriend? Oh, I'm not done. Do you ever wonder what it would be like for a fish slave to cause a mutiny against their princess in high school? Yeah, that was the plot of Aquaman. Go on. Touche. Um... <laughs> Well, then Dating Sims may be the kind of game for you. So I did play a little bit more Hello for Boyfriend. Um, still working on those endings. I was trying to get in with um, San. Okay, he's got, I forget his name. I think it's San because he, he loves pudding, right? And I was like, there's got to be something deeper to this guy. He's got to have some really cool shit going on. So I chased him down and I, I persevered even though he seemed a little two dimensional, but uh he was very two dimensional and he still just wanted pudding, so that was disappointing. Uh, played more of that and um I voiced some concerns I had uh on the Twitter sphere because every time I boot up how to feel boyfriend, you, it takes you through the intro of the characters each time. I don't think there's a way to skip it. If there is, please tell me. Um, and it takes ages to get through, but every time the character comes on screen, I find myself getting really angry and really passionate, being like, fuck you, man. You don't know what you want. You're so basic. And I have many strong opinions very, very quickly because I've you know gotten to know these characters how, over time. How long is an average playthrough? That's probably half the runtime. Um, About 40, well, 30 to 45 minutes. 
Right, depending. so they, they need the slow intro, otherwise you can knock out all the endings and like... Yeah, but the intro's the hours. same every time, so yeah, it's yeah. really annoying. Um, anyway, and um, our lovely listener and friend over at Consolables, Sam, mentioned something about how he's been playing uh, Monster Prom, and I was like, ooh, what is that? So I went and I had a look at that, and that's a, also a dating sim. It's developed by Beautiful Glitch and published by Those Awesome Guys. And look, I am loving it. I am loving it hard. It has been real. I think I've done like six or seven playthroughs already, just back to back, because the intros are different all the time, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's very self aware. Now, so. is this one a like a text based one? Like, how yeah, it's a around? it's a dating sim. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit more interactive. Like the pictures move a little bit and stuff, and the characters <laughs> come forward and back. <laughs> so okay, it's still a choose your own adventure graphic novel well yeah it's a, it's a dating thing. sim yeah so um i think i've discovered that i really like dating sims <laughs> <Wasn't> <laughs> they're really fun wasn't there a crazy one a while ago about um dating dads or something oh yeah yeah um something daddy something daddy something daddy uh, which is also on my list dream daddy <laughs> dream, dream daddy, daddy. Uh, which I also want to play, so that'll be next on my list. But no, this is uh, what I really like about Monster Prom is that when you finish a playthrough, it tells you how many ending, like how many more things you unlocked in that playthrough, and how many more there are in the game. So it gives you a really good incentive to go back and go, oh yeah, she don't want to try this. Um, yeah, really fun. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's a lot more self-aware than something like Hello Full Boyfriend, which, while story-wise is ridiculous takes itself very seriously <laughs> like it's it plays out like a very serious game whereas monster prom is a lot more very self-aware like oh why would you do a dating sim game like they're picking another character and it's, yeah funny um so that's really good fun like it's a little bit um they remind me of like monster high dolls type things It'd be a really good game that would have done very well in 2007. It only came out last year. Like, it's very kind of, like, emo-y. I was about to say, like, emo? <laughs> yeah, like, it's that sort of, like, that kind of look that you'd kind of imagine in an animation. So, yeah, do recommend. It's, like, 16 bucks on Steam at the moment. Get on it. It's so fun. I've wasted hours on it. Good stuff. I've been playing Blue. Blue. Okay. Yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. It's good. All right. Um, good times. I've booted up Invisible Ink. Um, oh, what's that? Sort of like turn-based, top-down, isometric, mm. spy-type game. I've only just started, so I don't have much to say yet. But if you've played XCOM, you've got kind of an idea. You um, have a overall time scale, and uh, you got to you know beat the game in the time frame. And if you lose a spy or a character, they're gone for good. One of those kind of mm. style games. I've only played a few levels, but um, that's interesting. So nice. you hack things and... Beat up guys, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like good times. Don't have much information on that yet, but that's <laughs> one I'm looking to play. I also got uh, Uncharted DLC, Lost Legacy, or Ooh. whatever that one's called. So I'm hoping to knock that one out soon. Nice. But to be honest, it's all just filler until certain other games come. Because yeah. M, I assume you have Borderlands news for us, like you do every week. You know that I do. Um, oh my god, what bit of news first. So, um, I'm going to start with what I'm going to call the least, most exciting bit of news that's Borderlands 3 related. Which is really saying wait, something. Wait, say that again. The, the least, most exciting of the two bits of news that I have for you today. Right, okay. The, you could also say the second most exciting. <laughs> I, I see what you've yought. I yought to have said. Um, 
So I believe Ice T is in Borderlands 3. Oh, I saw this. It was like a teddy bear or a crazy teddy bear or something. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just sit with that for a minute because <laughs> that's the second most exciting part. Because that's not... There's not been many like actual famous people no. in Borderlands. They've all they've made great characters, but they've all been you know voice actors and stuff. The yeah. idea of actual, you know, outside of the video game voice world, people doing um, appearing mm. in Borderlands. So that this is quite a sort of new ground. I was well tickled. Yeah. All right. So that's the second most that's exciting the news. Second most exciting news. What's the most? In Borderlands 3, one of my favorite Twitters has alerted me to the fact that you can pat the skags. You can pat them. Thank you, at Can You Pat the Dog on Twitter, which is my favorite. Is that the actual Twitter? Yeah, it's my favorite Twitter because it tells you in every single game if you can pat the dog. And it's, uh, quite frankly, it's how I choose games. That's that's outrageous. I also. I also, in that news bit, you can mm-hmm. name your pets. Ooh. So you can name your skag, your, um, the other ones, <laughs> the, the, other the ones. spider ant. And there's this one that had a gun. I didn't quite, because I went through, yeah, they've announced weird. all the skills and, tra- and you know, info on all the characters. So mm. the last one was Flack, the Beastmaster. And you're learning about their, um, builds. And one of them is like a thing with a gun i don't know i'll look into that i might end up playing flack flack is uh i think um borderlands did a poll and flack is the most popular character so far that people want to do on their first playthrough oh well maybe i'll do amara Mm, yeah Mm. well mm, i don't know see and then the second most popular is um so um so those are the the two favorites uh which is great because they're my two favorites so um i guess i'm the masses so that was really exciting, very fun. Um, Control Freak also, who do those little, I don't know, what do they call those little, like, beeps, beep, beep. Oh, the, th- the attachments to your thumbsticks. Yeah. Um, those little doodads that you stick on top of your bloop bloops for your thumbs, in like on PlayStations and Xbox. Um, they're releasing some Borderlands ones, which I'm very excited for, so oh, I'm yeah. uh, getting ready to buy some of those. <laughs> cool. Um... What else is news? Well, speaking of PlayStation 4 controllers, yeah. they have just released one, two, three, four new colors, which um, A, I was first excited about, and then B, was really pissed off about, because as I watched them uh, make this announcement, I had just unboxed my berry blue controller for our PlayStation the day before and I was like because oh, I, I snoozed on that for ages because I nearly missed out and I managed to track one down and I bought one because I was like okay well I do still really want this so I got it and I was thinking you know I don't know when they're going to release any other colours next and this is as close to purple as I'm probably going to get. Do you know what one of the colours is that PlayStation has just released for their new controllers? I'm going to guess purple. It is purple and it is an electric purple and it's really fucking nice and I'm really annoyed about it. Yeah berry blue one's pretty cool though I think you, it ain't no right. purple, but it's still pretty good. The, the big question everyone's wondering is, we know very little about PlayStation 5. Are the controllers going to be usable on PS5? Oh, I doubt it. 
I because, hope so, because what technology just, are they going to add? And we've yeah, got all well, these controllers sitting around. I was thinking, They're not cheap. I'm like, maybe I could just buy that one as well. But I thought, well, there's not much point if we were only going to like theoretically be using PS4 for another year. Do not buy another controller I one week won't. after buying a controller. <laughs> but I want to. But I won't. But I want to. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, also, we have some of our own news. Do we? Two bits, actually. Um, first of all, remember you, you may remember bleh, in our last episode, we talked about whether or not my dad looks like John Wick. And the polls are in. The polls are in, T. The polls are in. And the result? The result. Does M's father, her Peter, her papa, <laughs> look like... Your yeet father. John Wick. The answer came in at 95% saying yes. That's um, statistically significant in the scientific world. So It is an overwhelming that's, number. That's, um, yeah, lock that in. And we had, over, <laughs> we had over 20 voters, so it wasn't like this is based off like three of our friends going, yeah, I think so. This is, this is like... This is don't pick on our friends. They don't all sound like that. Just some of them. <laughs> That's why we're friends, right? We're all nerds. Um, so, yeah. So I guess I have to succumb to the fact that, yes, my dad does look like John Wick. Might post more photos sometime. <laughs> seem to, everyone seemed to be quite tickled by that. So there you go. Vector's in. Em's dad does, in fact, look like a John Wick. Thoughts? Comments? Oh, I, I, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I think you're one of the people who said yes. Probably. <laughs> um, and our other bit of fun news is we did a crossover with some buddies. Um, and I think we might have mentioned that we just recorded in our last episode. And you can now listen to this episode. Um, so we did a crossover with our good friends over at The Consolables on their podcast. Um, and we all combined forces to do a uh, very exciting trivia event um, on the 8-Bit cast. So 8-Bit is a collective who uh, have like a bunch of different, all very awesome podcasts. And one of theirs is called 8-Bit Cast, where different podcast group members come together and they do something new and fun and exciting. So we were involved in that. So if you want to listen to that episode, head on over. It's got good pop, bad pop in the title, so that'll be it. And yeah, 8-Bit Cast on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hmm. Well, uh, a lot of trivia and a lot of good put-together games. Yeah, it was fun. We may or may not have lost. Well, yeah, spoilers is. Um, I said may or may not. <laughs> so that was a um, a good bit of fun. What other bits of news do you have? Um, I started watching Suits. Oh, yeah. My interest in Suits is a bit unusual. I was listening to an episode of How Did This Get Made? Of course. About... Oh, what's it called? Um, Megan and Harry, a, a royal romance. Mm-hmm. And it's like this Showtime movie about their dating, and I'm not going to watch that movie. But yeah. what was fascinating was um, the mythology around the set of Suits, mm-hmm. where, of course, Megan Markle was acting before she met you know, the prince and had to give up a day job. Sure. And, I don't know, the, the, the mythology of this intrigued me, so I thought I'd watch Suits. <laughs> But that's all right. Um, what other... do you... Th- question. What do you think is um, more fun? Being a princess or being an actor? Well... What's tougher? What's more difficult? 
Where's the... Depends what type of difficulty. Like, I assume being a royal is pretty chill for the most part. But you are under so a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. Because I... And I'm conflicted about it. So I don't... I have zero interest in the royals. Mm-hmm. Despite my British heritage. <laughs> and there's a clickbait article about something every day regarding the royals. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's especially like, in the UK, it's like, it's very big. Um, yeah. What's, what's it called? The sun? Is that what it's Yeah. Like? And so there's like beef between, um, you know, Pippa and Kate and that was Meghan Markle and whatever. And on one hand, I'm like, this is dumb. No one cares. On the other hand, the monarchy doesn't have a point except to entertain so like yes we're royals like that doesn't matter in this day and age so everyone needs to get their money out of them by generating headlines over Mm -hmm. it so i'm like is this the product like royalty doesn't matter so is this the product now to be you know to create stories it's like a real it's the world's oldest reality TV show, The Royals, kind well, I of suppose. thing. But this is what's interesting, right? So, except I'd be mad if my tax dollars went to anyway. Like whether <laughs> or not you're an actor or a royal, you're always like there's always paparazzi, where there's always something and something. But if you're an actor, while well, paparazzi is always there and there's always people watching and going to be reporting on you, you can basically do whatever the fuck you want. Whereas I feel like there's a lot more pressure to be like, you know, it's mega straight edge and very regular. If you're involved in the monarchy kind of thing in the royal family, yeah. And, and the other thing too is, if you're an actor, you're at least like you know you're working, and working is hard, and acting is really hard. But you're doing your craft, you know, your your passion. No one right. does acting because they don't like it, right? And <laughs> like, if you're yeah. a royal, you're if you're a new princess into the royal family, your job is to get pregnant. Like that's your basically pure purpose. Yeah. You're a baby incubator. Yeah, and, and if that's what you want, great. Wave but, at uh, the, yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be a lot harder doing like so much more pressure doing that than acting where people are watching you but if you want to have a spiral like go nuts like does the royal family have any interest in politics like do they have a vote in brexit i don't know i feel the I royal family so. would have a lot to say about that you'd imagine so <laughs> i guess they probably voted no to brexit aren't they trying to de-brexit aren't they trying to undo it because it turned oh, out to be a disaster. It's complicated. Okay. Well, that's not good. There's a, there's a new dude. Theresa May stepped down and crazy head man, the other crazy head man, is now um, in charge and he's going to, he's all like, guns ahead. Why do crazy men lead this world? <laughs> crazy head men. Can't stop them. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> um, other than that, Daniel Radcliffe is... New movie Guns Akimbo is um, coming out soon. So Guns Akimbo... We have talked about before with yeah, great enthusiasm. Guy has gun hands. Apparently Radcliffe <laughs> read one scene where the guy had to work out how to go to the bathroom with gun hands. And he signed up sight on scene. Now Radcliffe so has enough money, right? which, you know, he's Harry effing Potter. Um, so he gets to pick all these weird projects and i love him for it i love everything he does like and and don't get me wrong a lot of people from potter who you know were made from potter have gone on to have some good success but i just love that he just does random indie things and he's just like yes this looks great this is weird i want to do this yeah miracle workers uh horns swiss army man, swiss army man. it's all if you've not seen swiss army man do and take a lot of drugs oh man that, that movie was a <laughs> trip <laughs> and how 
Yeah. Remember um, when we, because we did not know that. <laughs> when we put on, we were like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I, yeah. I want to rewatch and do a, a proper review of that because, wow. It was so surreal that by the middle of it, you got exhausted by the surrealness. And then there's like a slower scene. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a little bored. I'm like, how am I bored when, um, well, I won't say the premise, but you're just chilling in this bizarre premise and like, I'm bored. Why am I bored? This is crazy. <laughs> uh, but interesting movie. Yeah. Um, that's all my news and stuff. If you want to dive into any reviews. Have um, you got anything? Got any news? No, my only review was of Monster Prom. It's great. Buy it. Play it. Right. Live it. Enjoy it. After the break, we're going to talk about orange, the final Orange is the New Black season. Ah. After the break. Welcome back. Um, so, eight seasons. When reviewing these things after a season or two, unless it's a really interesting show, you don't really want to talk about it anymore. There's no sort of point in reviewing every mm-hmm. season of a show. But... This one was pretty significant, I felt. Um, we come back to our Litchfield ensemble cast of um, down-on-their-luck ladies. Prisoners, mm-hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term. And um, we're exploring their arcs. Um, God, where to start with this? Uh, what'd you think, Em? Tell me about it. Oof. Well, um, look, I'd love to get into some nitty-gritty, but I won't because this is a spoilers free podcast. Maybe we at some point should do a spoiler cast of... Orange is the New Black, because it's um, what good stuff. It'd but mostly be me being sad about things or happy about things, depending on well, the plot that's, lines. That's reviewing. <laughs> um, so, what do I think? I mean, look, this was a, a really good season. I was a bit surprised that they sort of dragged in some new big issues and the arcs in the last right. season. Uh, that was the only thing where I was like, oh, it's a bit weird. But um, So the, the big thing they added this season is normal prison antics with the same characters, but they added a whole new kind of dynamic exploring um, immigration control. Mm. So ICE agency and a, I don't know, an ICE detention center. Yeah, which I knew nothing about until I saw this. Yeah, so we like have I our... knew there's problems that stuff is going on, but I didn't really know yeah. what happened. And so... You'd hear all these stories sort of peripherally about how crazy ICE is in America mm. and how they're just arresting anyone on suspicion of being an illegal or whatever. And we got to see some of these plot lines firsthand. We got some new characters and a bunch of situations. We also, if you remember from last season, some of the characters got um, picked up. They were free, but then they weren't. And um, this was the sort of the second setting of the show um it was dark it was a hard watch yeah this was an exceptional season of tv i can't say i enjoyed it (laughs) i i enjoyed it but i wouldn't enjoy watching it again no like there are some seasons where i would gladly watch it again um first and second season especially um but this one i don't know like it was so sad. Yeah, so you're at so the end of a sad. show, you want some resolution and stuff, and you kind of, all right, well, do we get any happy endings? We're in prison. There's all these... we got, like, like, maybe two half-happy <laughs> endings. And the whole premise of prison is that it's sort of a cycle. We have people who got out of prison and mm. end up getting back in. We have people out and just can't get their life to work. And very few people, like... You know, you do your time, like, I'm free. But what does that mean in yeah. modern America? There's all these 
people that went straight to being homeless or deported. <laughs> like, it was bananas. Yeah. And then you got this juxtaposed with people in the same situation. And they're not even criminals. They're just arrested on suspicion of being Hispanic and stuff like that. Mm. It is crazy. Um, so that was the real gut punch of this season, seeing this yeah. stuff. And you can compare it to some situations in Australia too, and it's very For sure. troubling, worrying stuff. We won't go politics on this podcast, but you kind of go, this shouldn't be right. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit of a worry. Uh, other big plot lines... What did you think of the their take on um, post-Me Too world? Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, and we won't give any names or anything like that, but there is a they do have a Me Too storyline. Um, and it's from a male's perspective. And this is the second show that I've seen deal with this from the male perspective. And I think... It's really interesting because we see we've seen a couple of Me Too stories in various TV shows and things. And I think that's really good and really important. Um, and I've always been kind of like, oh, I don't know about showing the the male side of the Me Too movement in the in like a entertainment context because by doing like it's kind of like the visual version of going not all men type thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not really the point. So I, I think I and I sat and thought about it and I thought, okay. I'm quite happy to see this in a show from a, from a man's perspective. Because I think, like, obviously that would be very scary. I'm not denying that by any stretch. It would be, like, if someone me too to you, um, for lack of a better verb, um, it would be, like, pretty overwhelming, I would imagine. And, um, and so I do think it's important to kind of tell that story. But I think it's got to be done in a way where that person grows from the experience and, you know, doesn't do it again. Um, so, yeah. So that that was what I sort of took away from that. I was like, okay, well, I think I'm okay with seeing this on TV, provided that this is what happens and it's not just TV showing a, a man's point of view for, for the sake of showing a man's point of view because then it's just the not all men, not all menning thing. And I'm like, well, I don't care about that. So um, the other TV show that did this and took it on really well was an episode of The Bold Type, which I've talked about before. It's an average show but has some really good – Storylines, especially um, for using entertainment as a vehicle for social messages. So, um, yeah, so that's what I thought about that. It was um, interesting to see the because the conundrum is with you know you don't like you don't want to be a not all manner. Mm. You don't want to say not all men, but then you're like, there's no way to respond to it. So a character got me too'd and um I really hate that that's a thing. <laughs> and this character is not a not a bad guy, but he'd done something that was not cool. And he was mortified by it and tried to sort of sort of fix it or address it and everything just got worse and worse and everyone's telling him just let, let it go and he's like, No, this is all horrible. I need to face you know and mm. there was the punchline that was no correct way out of the situation, which I think was the point yeah that while me tooing someone is important mm. from the female perspective it's also a golden gun kind of thing you can't respond to being me tooed and that was this character just kept getting worse and worse for him but i like that 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 was kind of the whole point is that you're if you have been me tooed your job is to learn from this experience and shut the fuck up because whatever you have to say in response. Like, you don't get to respond to that because how fucking dare you? <laughs> That's a, it's, it's trying to be self-righteous. Like, I'm not a normal man. 
I'm not like other guys. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was a very interesting take and good to see. And, um, I've talked a lot about how I don't know a hundred percent how I feel about whether or not TVs and film have a duty to show social messages and things like that. Like on the one hand, I think it's really important. On the other hand, it's just TV and just entertainment. But um, I saw, like I was listening to a podcast the other day, Dax Shepard's podcast, and Busy Phillips was on, and she had a lot to say about this kind of thing, and it really made me think that it was a really great perspective. So we can listen to activists or politicians or people putting out tweets going, people need to stop doing this and people need to stop doing that. But at the end of the day, those sorts of statements aren't going to change people's minds whose minds don't want to be changed, right? The only people who like those things are people who already are in support of those messages. Therefore, the way to change people's minds and to open people's minds is to tell it through a story because that way you're not saying you need to change your mind. You're saying... This is a story about someone who's not you and tell it that way in a way that's also entertaining and people learn some stuff. And I'm like, you know what, Busy Phillips, you're right. And uh, and so that is now how I also feel about it. And I think that that's really wonderful that people can do that. And so I think it's great. And a prime example is all this stuff about all the immigration problems in America in Orange is the New Black, because it's something that I never knew much about. And given that I don't live in America, like we've got enough of our own social injustices to worry about in Australia. Um, it's not something that I would have generally like actively pursued to find out more about. But now that I've seen some pretty heartbreaking stories about it through a show that I like, I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize how bad the situation was. And I want to learn more, you know, hmm. There's a, in, in Orange is the New Black, which is drama. And they covered this and it was all fair enough. I think I mentioned to you off air, um, the show Superstore which is a goofy 20-minute comedy mm. ensemble cast. And Spoiler they're... for the last episode of um, <laughs> well, that show. Yeah, and so they have a whole um, episode where Ice raids the store and some of the staff are like, oh, crap, I'm illegal, and it's this big dramatic thing. And it was like, you know, it, it, it's set in a like a Walmart-type store. In a big W, basically, in, a, yeah, and in Australia. Yeah, and it was just, you know inane comedy and then all of a sudden oh you can get deported and i was like whoa this is you know reality check and they did it in orange is the new black too where people getting picked up just out and about living their lives it was crazy um the other big thread this one is the effect on all this stuff on kids um Mm. so we have prisoners getting out getting in and then they have to look after their kids the kids have parents in prison um, the intergenerational effect of um, basically having a criminal mother yeah. a lot of it. And they've done that for a few seasons and we saw a few plot lines come to a head in quite dramatic fashion. But they then showed similar things with the back on the ice plot line with um, immigration. And you got these five-year-olds in court, like, where's your papers? And it's a five-year-old. It was mortifying mm. scenes. So that was that was fun. Uh, yeah, that was, was hard. Other, what was the other big plotline? Rehabilitation. Mm. Um, some of the characters get out. Some do better than others. No one does that well. And yeah, yeah, and it's which is a failing on the system because yeah, they, yeah, you know, and that, and that's another thing that I've learned from this show is that I think a lot of people have a very narrow point of view about people who have been to prison, um, and sometimes people do stuff that's not 
that bad, really, but they get busted for something and and then they've got to spend the rest of their life paying for it because they've got to put that on every resume and on every this and every that, and that's going to really limit you in terms of what you can do. Yeah, and it's um, Aziz Ansari has a great skit in his most recent comedy talking about, mm. let's make weed legal, but keep everyone in prison who <laughs> like yeah. got arrested for it. And you're like, yeah, you're right, that's horrible. Uh, um, what else? The other one was about corruption in the system, how prisons are for profit. Mm. and Which we've seen all throughout every season. Yeah. It's not particularly new. Yeah, and so, and that was not great either so as i said this is fantastic season of television yeah. really compelling really great stuff thoroughly entertaining i did not enjoy it it was a bummer it's not a show for fun no no remember it's... when it used to mostly just be about like pop up prison basic. having sex in jail and it was never about that soapy boobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm saying i don't think we saw like a single sex scene this season well a single good one <laughs> Well, all right. I won't weigh in on that one, but Em's <laughs> going to rate the top seven sex scenes in Orange is the New Black. Awesome. <laughs> um, anything else on Orange is the New Black final season? Do you, do you feel you got any closure, any happiness with the characters? You know what? You... I did get some closure on it a little bit, but then there were some characters who we actually just didn't see. Like, I didn't realize it was the last time we'd see them last season, like Boo. Um, I was like, where's Boo? Well, that that happened a couple seasons back when the... Was that just last season? No, no, no. So no. one before last was the end of the riot. Yeah. And everyone got shipped to different prisons. And then we only followed the Supermax one last season. And we didn't see maybe 50% of the characters again. That's what I mean. Like, it felt odd. I'm like, where, where, how are all they doing? We got, um, we got a check-in at the end. In the finale, but they didn't get screened. But not, not all of them, so I was like... Oh, cause we saw was... Boo. What, was Boo there? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't... She was, she was at one of them. Yeah. Oh, okay, I don't quite remember, but... She had a line, too. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> My memory is awesome. Yeah. That's it, that's all I've got today. Yeah, <laughs> cool. So that's Orange is the New Black. If you've persevered this far, I do recommend watching it. It is compelling stuff, but, um, yeah. Also, if you Prep haven't yourself. seen any of Orange is the New Black, like... What are you doing with your life? Get on that. Like, it's one of the... The OG Netflix originals. Yeah, I, I think crazy. it was the Netflix OG, wasn't it? Well, it was the actually, first original... it was the show that made us subscribe to Netflix eight that years ago. Yeah. I think season two came out and I'm like, oh, I can get a free trial and can watch it all in a weekend. And then we went, oh, that's pretty good. And we kept it. <laughs> we showed them, I think I forgot to cancel <laughs> eight <Jeez>. years ago. <laughs> all right. So that's that. Um... After the break, we're going to talk about long shot. But first, we will hear a word from our sponsors. Oh. So, Em, you're a, you're a gamer, right? Uh, sure. What, what, what's <laughs> the most important thing while gaming? While gaming? During the game or just outside of the game? Outside of the game. For you, what's important? Snacks. Ooh, Close. Um, the answer is comfort. Ah, okay. and let, let me tell you about our new sponsor from um, Pant Town. Is um, <laughs> I'm not making this up. We have sponsors now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gamer <laughs> pants by Pant Town. Ooh. Now, what's the most important accessory to pants that girls love? I don't like where any of this is going. Is it pockets? It's pockets. Okay. How many pockets do you think Pant Town Gamer 47. Pants have? Forty-seven. 
Well, no, oh. uh, that's absurd. Okay. Um, but not one, not two, but 18 pockets uh-huh. for cables, chargers, uh, tater tots, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, why aren't you excited? <laughs> I'm thinking about what I could possibly put in all those pockets. Well, I've, I've suggested three. Three things and then 15 poly pockets for my pockets. Why would you... Anyway, it's really your choice. The company didn't specify what you put in the um, pockets. On tater tots in pockets, what's the biggest problem? You mentioned snacking. What's the biggest problem snacking or gaming? Food gets cold. Yeah, and your fingers get greasy. Oh, yeah. Okay. It ruins the controllers. Each pair of Pantown Gamer Pants has a retractable roll of paper towel. Amazing. Like Innovative. Yeah. Fresh. <laughs> like, let me tell you, eating nachos <laughs> while playing Sekiro was a terrible idea. Have you ever tried to just drink a fistful of soup while playing a game? <laughs> I have. And it went poorly. If only I had Pantown Gamer Pants, I could have... I don't, I don't know if they're waterproof. They didn't give me that on their run sheet. I'll ask them if they can have a soup pocket. Great. I think we're the only people who are doing ads for them, so... Mm. um. They should listen to us. Yeah. Um, they come in flavors, not colors, flavors. Uh, go on. There's there's green, tropical green. Yeah. There's blueberry. Mm. There's like... Nacho cheese. Nah, they're all like fruit flavored. Yeah. Strawberry red. But 18 pockets, Em. <laughs> Tater tots. Are these pants just roll-ups? <laughs> I feel like they're just no, roll-ups. No, they're made of... They didn't write that down either. I think it's cotton. Okay. Nah, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, go to <laughs> www.panttown.com and enter the code POP for 15% off your next purchase. <laughs> and I say next, because you will need more than one. <laughs> These are game changers. Panttown Pants. <laughs> By Panttown. Don't go to that website. It's probably porn. <laughs> After the break, we'll review Longshot. Welcome back. <laughs> we watched a movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about The Boys, which was created by Goldberg, Rogan, and Weaver. Yo. Here's a movie made by Goldberg, Rogan, and Weaver. Brills. Called Longshot, starring mm-hmm. Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. What'd you two think? Y- two years ago? Last year? This year. This year. Oh. Ah. Yeah, that's very new. Oh. 2019. All right. What I think. Um... Yeah, look, I had very low expectations <laughs> at being a Seth Rogen movie that I hadn't heard of. So I was like, ooh. So um, the, the the setup is Charlize Theron is the Secretary of State? I don't know. Secretary of something. America business. Working closely with the American president. The American president decides he's going to kick it in and endorse someone to be the new president. Charlize Theron thinks, oh, yeah. Give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> Be the president. Apparently anyone can do it now. So she decides to undergo a bit of a PR uh, image rebrand and hires young Seth Rogen to be her speechwriter. Uh, yeah. This is a rom-com, so romantic antics follow. What do you think, Em? <laughs> um... Look, especially when I first heard the premise, I was like, oh, God, here we go, another rom-com where some really 
mega out of someone's league woman is going out with some slobby dude. Um, but I like how they tried to make up for that by the fact that um, Seth Rogen plays someone who, while slobby, is actually also very intelligent and who had a previously established relationship with said woman. I was like, okay, I'll let that slide. This isn't a Kevin Kuwait scenario. Right. Uh, that's what I was going to bring yeah. up. So this had the makings of this kind of problem where you have the goofball moron idiot and the uptight lady and the guy who's a burnout rolls up and goes, you're uptight. Like, all your problems can be solved with my penis. Like, <laughs> and that's the, the Kevin can wait, the Kevin can fuck off thing with every um, Kevin James show where he's a lovable idiot and his wife's all uptight because he's a, you know, a dick. Because mm. oh, he's crap. And so, because this comes up every few years. People talk about the movie Knocked Up. And on first glance, like, knocked out, that was funny, whatever. But then you really break it down, you're like, this movie was horrible. Like, you got mm. Seth Rogen, who was a stoner burnout nobody. He's with Catherine Heigl, who w- was on TV, big high-powered something, and he's portrayed to be the lovable guy, and she's portrayed to be uptight. And Catherine mm. Heigl even came out years later and said, that movie sucked. And she, like, yelled it about Judd Apatow. Ended well, her career, I think. <laughs> the thing is, as well, is that her character in that movie was very two-dimensional. Yeah. And in this newer movie that we're talking about... What's it called again? Longshot. Longshot, yeah. <laughs> I remember things. Um, they at least made both characters a lot more three-dimensional, which I think is a lot more important to do now. Yeah, so they gave Rogan actual intelligence, which is yeah. nice. But the star of the show was Charlize Theron. She was mm. amazing. She was very good. Um, and I'm a big fan because, I don't know, in my head there's like the tiers of actors and you have the super like high-profile actors mm. hanging out with other high-profile actors. Mm-hmm. And you have the C-grade comedy actors. They all sure. hang out too. But Charlize Theron, she works with all these guys. She oh, was yeah. in... Um, she's made cameos in Orville. She was in A Thousand Ways to Die in the West. They must um, be mad buddies, her yeah. and Seth MacFarlane. yeah. She must be buddies with all these people, uh, working with Seth Rogen. She does podcasts with these people. She was on an mm. episode of How Did This Get Made? And she nice. was really good. She held her own with, you know, improv gods. Yeah. Like with Zooks and that. See, I know, I know I've seen a lot of things that she's in, but I never remember her. <laughs> Ever. And I was thinking about this. Not that you're all big on all these movies. Like, she's, you know, a very attractive blonde lady. You think mm. that all writes itself. But all her best roles... She wasn't playing the attractive hot lady. Like, she won an Oscar for Monster, where she... Like, she's obviously a very good actor. But she must be so good that I just never recognize her as the same person in two movies. Or she just happens to be very... I'm a tall blonde lady, and so I don't remember what she looks like. And, um... Or she was bald and had a robot arm as Furiosa in Fury Road, too. Badass! That I remember. (laughs) Um, And... There's this exceptional scene in the movie where she's high on Molly trying to organize yes. a national <laughs> hostage situation and she's tripping balls. That was and, very good. And she she's in that scene by herself and she like it was on the level of DiCaprio trying to get to his car in um <laughs> in um Wolf of Wall Street. So I will say, like, kids got range, like yeah. <laughs> she's very like she's very good at playing very serious stuff, but was also really funny. Yeah, so yeah, love it. I really liked this movie. Yeah, um, a lot better than I was, I was expecting. And I thought it was cool because she's like 
much well she's like seven years older than Seth mm. Rogen and the whole premise is that she babysat him as a kid and Seth Rogen as a crush and whatever but um you know with the the older business powerful lady to mm. sort of flip the trope on what you would normally see in these movies, which I thought was a nice touch. Well, yeah, I felt quite conflicted as well because I was like, okay, I see how they're com- combating what I will call the Kevin can wait syndrome. Um, <laughs> but then on the other hand, I was like, oh, but also there's actually a little bit of a, and this is only something I've really started to think about in the last few years. So I was like, well, there's actually a bit of a power imbalance here because like she's in a very powerful position and also technically his employer. I'm like, it's kind of not cool but yeah, then true. because they have a previously established relationship does that negate that i don't know so um yeah i found myself thinking a lot about that <laughs> and what um something i've always argued about so everyone's got to have this squeaky clean image and be perfect and you know if she wants to have a run at the presidency she mm. has to and like oh that can't happen so if you date seth rogan he's a burnout stoner blah blah blah, blah. yeah but I, I swear in this day and age this would work <laughs> Like, everyone's like, you know, you got to have the, the proper first lady and all this stuff. I'm like, screw that. Have an alternative wife. Have a weird quirk. Everyone under 35 would vote for you. <laughs> it would be such a slam dunk. Like, so the plot, not that far-fetched for me. Well, all right, there we go. <laughs> Except for Seth Rogen pulling Charlize Theron. <laughs> I'd never buy that for a second. Oh, I don't know. He's lovable. He's fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I would recommend seeing that. Yeah. It's, um, Good movie. Rom-com, comedy, mm. pretty decent. Mm. That's some good stuff. Yeah. But now, Em, I have a quiz for you. A quiz? On dwelling on the age gap. So I already mentioned uh, Rogan Hi. and Theron. Mm-hmm. Seven years different. The reason I bring this up, there was a... we. I haven't seen the movie yet, but there was um, an age gap being shredded in the media. I don't know if you heard about this, but in Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and Furious spinoff. Oh, my God. So, I don't know. I just want to go one episode where we don't talk about Fast and Furious. Fuck's sake. So, Jason Statham has great. You don't like Jason? Anyway, we've probably had this conversation (laughs) on there. He has a sister in the movie, and they have a flashback where they're both kids together. Okay. And everyone on the internet's gone bullshit because the actors are 21 years apart. (laughs) They're like, oh, my sis, we were like, did things together. I'm like, 21 years. Anyway, so I have some quizzes for you. I want you to guess some age gaps for me. <laughs> okay. All right. You might know some of these. Um, Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore. Ooh, um, oh, I used to know this. Was it? It was quite substantial. I want to say 14. 15. Close. Oh, close, close, close. I'm so bad with numbers too. That's a, that's a, I should get that point. And on politics, Ugh, Emmanuel Macron, the president of France and his wife, Bridget Macaron. Macaron. 23 years. She is 25 years older than him. Oh, I picked it the other way around. No, no, no. These are. Oh. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, girl. Yeah. So they've been together like 10 years. France is awesome. <laughs> and she's like 75 or something. She doesn't look bad for a 75 year old. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but, Pulling 50 year old tail. Yeah. Um,. All right, let's go in the other direction. Fun. Jeffrey Edelston and Gabby Greco. Oh, I did know this. Um, it's a lot. It is a lot. Isn't, isn't that like 30 years or something? 46. That's gross. Very. Like, I, I know two people can just be in love, but what? 
What, what well, you do don't they see... talk about, like, besides Renaissance art? <laughs> I mean, you don't see um, non-rich people get into these situations, no. <laughs> just Point. quietly. All right, here's one I didn't even know ever dated, but Lance Armstrong and Ashley Olsen. Ew. Um, like 17 years. 15. Yeah. All right, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas. Sorry, I was thinking of Lance Armstrong jokes. Um... <laughs> He goes faster. Um, who again? Sorry. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Mike Douglas. Um, 11 years. 25. Oh, I was Mike off. Douglas is old. All right. Yeah, Mary he Kate. Actually. Here's an easy one. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Six minutes. All right. Which one's older? Ooh. Mary Kate. I couldn't actually get this information. Alexa, <laughs> who's the oldest Olsen twin? Yeah, well, helpful. Text in if you know the, the, the <laughs> time and who's the older Olsen twin. Um, all right, well, you got none correct. I got pretty close. You got close. I didn't really come up with a scoring system. Yeah, well, this has been a fun exercise. <laughs> yeah, it has. Um, yeah, so that wraps us up today. Oh, I forgot a segment I was going to plug. Oh. I'll do it now. I'll do it at the start next episode. Dear okay. listener... I have a mission for you. We are building a special, a mm. special episode. It is going to be called Good Listener, Bad Listener. Ooh. I want you to contact us either by Facebook, Twitter, whatever we do. Em will tell you later. And I want you to send us your video games, TV shows, movies that you want us to review. Now, mm. these can be your favorites from a long time ago. Obscure things. We've seen most of them and played most of the mainstream stuff, so... Pick weirder stuff, but whatever, it's your choice. So send us your favorite show no one's heard of, favorite movie no one's heard of, favorite game no one's heard of. We're going to put all these together, and Em and I will pick a movie, a game, and a TV show. We will consume them and review them and decide if you are a good listener or a bad listener. <laughs> Our dog was very excited by that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, M, what are our socials that they can send those to us on? You can send these good listener, bad listener review options to um, our Twitter at goodpop underscore badpop, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash goodpop badpop podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at goodpop badpop podcast. That's it. That's all. Cool. Send them in. <laughs> um, we have seen Hot Rod. Stop suggesting Hot Rod. I love Hot Rod already. The T will watch it every time I'll watch you it suggest it, so... We'll watch <laughs> it anyway, but I've seen it. It's amazing. All right, that wraps us up today. Um, thank you for listening. Good night. Um, I forgot to say <laughs> yeet all episode. <laughs> You've said it enough. It's fine. Thank you for yachting with us, and I hope you'll join us next week to yacht.